0: Today is May 20th, 2021. In our first story, seven counties in Oregon have now voted to secede from the state and join Idaho as many counties in the country and even some states are pushing the secessionist movement. Now, this isn't about leaving the country. It's just about moving from Oregon to Idaho. We'll see how that plays out in our next story. 35 spineless Republicans joined Democrats to call for a commission to investigate the January 6th insurrection, which is a big waste of our time. It's not an insurrection. It was a riot. These people need to calm down. Unfortunately, Republicans are pretty spineless. And our last story, Mayor Lori Lightfoot of Chicago has banned white journalists from interviews. And in a shocking turn, a high school student in Connecticut was arrested For hate speech over a racist social media post. Before we get started, leave us a good review if you like the show. Give us five stars. And if you really do like the show, share it with your friends. Word of mouth is the best way for podcasts to grow. Now, let's get into that first story. As a culture war gradually became a cold civil war with some sporadic violence, many fear The potential for a hot civil war is right around the corner. And from this, there are an increasing number of people calling for secession or peaceful divorce. We don't want violence, so maybe we just agree to disagree and go our separate ways. It doesn't seem likely, but people are still trying. Seven rural counties in Oregon that voted for Trump have voted to secede from the blue state and join Idaho. Now, that is not leaving the union. It's just trying to find better local and federal representation. We've seen similar moves from northern Colorado and northern California saying, let's stay in the United States, but be part of a state that actually cares about us. Because certainly the people in Oregon in the rural areas don't want to be represented by Democrat cities like you know Portland or Bend. But of course, they are. There still are others that are outright saying, now nah, we should just straight up leave the United States. In the less serious, we have the Michigan GOP co-chair saying Michigan should Michigan should secede to escape Governor Whitmer. Perhaps nothing more than hyperbole, but the sentiment is still there, and a lot of people probably agree. Maybe it was just tongue in cheek, but we do have the movement in Texas. Texit supporters push for proposal to come up in special session after failing to get a hearing. Fredericksburg Republican Rep. Kyle Biderman's proposal to let Texans vote on whether the state should secede failed to receive a committee hearing. And perhaps it failed because it's never going to happen. It's a long shot. The country is solidified. And while we may be destabilizing and maybe we'll fall apart, no one wants to let go of, of anything at this point. It seems like Right now, every four years, we're just having a mini civil war as it is, and nobody wants the other to have the right to live as they so, so decide. Or perhaps it's better put, the Democrats won't let go. Now, we heard from the Boston Globe's reporting before the 2020 election that John Podesta had suggested the West Coast should secede from the union if Donald Trump should win. And we've already heard, obviously, Texas supporters saying they want out. The destabilization, it's real, it's here. And simply because no one is willing to pursue it doesn't mean it won't happen when people approach each other and go at their throats anyway. Take a look at how the federal government is operating right now, especially with the pandemic. Joe Biden comes out only a few months ago and says, we probably need more lockdowns, probably need more masks. And it was strange because Texas, Florida and many red states had already gotten rid of those restrictions. Now the CDC comes out with their new mask guidelines, and already I'm just like, who are you talking to federal government, California and New York? Apparently so. Then you take a look at what's happening in California and many cities with sanctuary immigration laws saying they won't work with the federal government when it comes to immigration. They will protect illegal immigrants. But you need to understand that gives them more voting power in Congress because the census does count non-citizens. That means California would have more seats than they should in Congress and more electoral votes. Not by many. I think it's like one, but that's one that takes power away from other areas. Well, recently, because of failed policy, a lot of people have moved around. So maybe this is just another period of tumult and the U.S. will be fine. Or perhaps the things that Joe Biden is doing are so disastrous, people will finally snap. People have talked about secession before. The greater Idaho movement has been around for a while. But the things we're seeing, rising gas prices, food shortages, failed policy, Joe Biden giving out more money. This means the federal government is basically taking the resources from the working class in red states and giving it to blue state individuals who are unemployed. You cannot sustain a system like that because sooner or later, somebody working in a steel mill is going to be like, why am I working for you to sit on your butt and do nothing? Which brings me to the main story. Seven rural counties in Oregon want to join Idaho. Oregon wouldn't lose much. They'd still have their two senators and the congressmen in these areas are probably already Republicans. So perhaps it makes a lot of sense. And perhaps it's a move, move we need to make before everything falls apart. Before we read the story, make sure you go to TimCast.com, click the members only, uh, only button and sign up. You can sign up with Stripe or PayPal. Sign up to help protect my work and allow us to expand. We've got a bunch of new shows coming. Of course, we've launched the vlog. We've got TimCast IRL and we've got entirely new podcasts on the horizon and even a potential sitcom. We are working our butts off to make something new and unique to create culture, to combat a lot of what we're seeing in politics. Once you sign up, you can go to the members area. You'll get exclusive access to our members-only content with more to come. And you help us in the event that we get banned. We'll have a place to keep producing and the resources to do so. But don't forget to like, share, subscribe to this channel, but really share. Take that URL, paste it on Facebook, Twitter, or wherever else you can, minds.com, and spread the word to help grow the channel. Let's read the news. Insider reports. Five rural counties in Oregon voted on Tuesday in favor of leaving Oregon and becoming part of Idaho, joining two other counties that already voted in favor of the idea last year. The ballot measures called on officials in each county to start considering the move and are the first step of the greater Idaho movement, which aims to expand the state of Idaho to include rural Oregon and part of California. The activists behind the group say Oregon's government does not represent the conservative values of much of the state, And that none of the Democrats in the state legislature represent a rural area. Quote, this is why Oregon passes laws that kill industries in eastern, central, and southern Oregon. They don't protect us from rioters, forest arsonists, or school curricula that teach kids to hate Americans and Americanism. And they pass laws that violate our conscience. We can't let our money support their system anymore. We are outnumbered. We don't have leverage and things will continue to get worse, the website reads. Well, I wonder what would happen if the tax revenue from these areas stopped flowing to the big cities. Would they be able to support their nonsense? Conservatives need to realize when the cities give money to the people in cities, they are taking it from you who produce and they say, but the cities are responsible for most of the GDP. Sure, but what is that GDP? BuzzFeed in New York writing articles about Brad Pitt's junk? Sorry, I don't consider that actual production. I think that if you don't work to produce things like food, then you are not entitled to those things. But we've built an economy off of garbage nonsense. Could you imagine... Somebody becoming wealthy off of like putting a camera in their bedroom and ranting on the internet about their political opinions. Why should those people be entitled to more resources than those who actually live in? You get the point I'm making. And I mean it. Now, I understand there's a lot of people who watch the work that I do. They value it and they think it's important. But I do think it's very strange that our economy works this way. My business is growing and expanding. I get it. I do work hard. But I think the workers who actually produce, who are in the steel mills, who are on the farms, are more entitled to resources than people who just spout on the Internet. It's a complicated system. But that's why I think at the very least, it should be the right of the people who are working in these areas to choose who represents them. That's what the government is supposed to be. And if the states don't, then perhaps they should move to a different area. Now, Oregon's not going to let that happen. Now, they want that sweet, sweet green coming from those rural areas. Insider says the likelihood of actually changing the state's borders is incredibly low and would require the Oregon and Idaho state legislatures, as well as the US Congress to approve, according to Oregon Public Broadcasting. The seven counties that have voted in favor of the proposal, Lake, Grant, Baker, Malheur, Union, Sherman, and Jefferson, overwhelmingly voted for Donald Trump in the 2020 election. Joe Biden won Oregon with 57% of the vote, largely driven by more heavily populated counties near Portland, Eugene, and Bend. Meanwhile, neighboring Idaho was a decisive victory for Trump, who won 64% of the votes in the state. My friends in these counties, do you think they will just let you walk away? Of course they won't. They're robbing you. They are taxing you. And you have no representation. Why would they give up their serfs? They live in in the capital city, you in the outskirts, and you're doing labor for them. Why would they give up their serfs? They're not going to you're not going to vote your way out of this one. Sorry. Greater Idaho's goal would involve about three quarters of Oregon's land area to become part of Idaho. It calls for the situation a win-win for everyone in the state, saying the more urban Northwest portion of the state would be free of low income Trump voting counties. Hey, there you go. Idaho respects traditional morality and justice, and it doesn't get in the way of rural livelihoods. It has lower tax rate and a lower cost of living, the group said. We need to unite our neighbors around the idea of moving the border so that we can convince the state legislatures to stop holding our counties captive in a blue state. In a statement Wednesday, a spokesperson for Greater Idaho told OPB, the latest vote proves that rural Oregon wants out of Oregon. If we're allowed to vote for which government officials we want, we should be allowed to vote for which government we want as well. And they're correct. Our country is founded on the idea. You require the consent of the governed. When a large portion of your state says, we do not agree, you can't just force them to live the way you want. Tyranny of the majority is not the way this country is supposed to be run. Have you seen the price of gold lately, it's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. That's 877-646-5347. Now, Idaho would probably say yes, but I don't think Oregon would want to give up their serfs. You know, they may be low income Trump voters, but their votes are meaningless compared to the cities and they get money from them. So why give it up? You don't got to give them anything. I mean, think of it this way. Oregon knows they give you nothing, but they know you give them something and you will never disrupt their power. So why bother giving you any rights? You see the problem with tyranny? If we were truly a free country, they should be able to vote and move like that. Of course, the U.S. government's probably going to say no, because the Democrats want as much power as they can get, and they won't allow it. I don't think this is a country of the elites telling you what you can or can't do. I think these counties should be able to say outright, we've chosen this. Have a nice day. Of course, it is extremely unlikely that anyone would just let this happen. You think the, 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 the British crown wanted to just let the US be independent? Of course they didn't. They showed up with guns. So these people, I'm sorry, voting just ain't gonna be the way forward. Now, the Idaho statesman covered this back in February of 2020. They say secede to Idaho. Here's why disgruntled Oregon residents are hoping to do just that. Well, you, you pretty much get the point. But let me show you this Second Amendment sanctuaries facing first court test in Oregon. You see, people in rural areas, they want guns. They want constitutional carry. They don't want to abide by federal laws. The AP reports the first test of whether local governments can ban police from enforcing certain gun laws is playing out in a rural Oregon county, one of a wave of U.S. counties declaring itself a Second Amendment sanctuary. The measure that voters in the logging area of Columbia County narrowly approved last year forbids local officials from enforcing most federal and state gun laws. And could impose thousands of dollars in fines on those who try. Isn't it kind of funny that you have to do that because the cops would just violate your rights anyway? Threaten the cops with fines? Second Amendment sanctuary resolutions have been adopted by some 1,200 local governments in states around the US, including Virginia, Colorado, New Mexico, Kansas, Illinois, Florida, according to Sean Fields, an assistant professor of law at Campbell University who tracks them. Many are symbolic, but some, like in Columbia County, carry legal force. After President Joe Biden took office, conservative lawmakers in several states proposed banning police from enforcing federal gun measures. And at least one proposal in Arizona has been signed into law. Now, I don't want to read too much into this because it's not a gun control argument. The point is, in rural Oregon, they want the right to keep and bear arms. In Idaho, they want the same thing. In this story from KTVB7, can Idaho cities and counties legally declare themselves to be Second Amendment sanctuaries? There are over a dozen Second Amendment sanctuary cities in Idaho, but an Oregon county's declaration poses questions about if state law can supersede federal law. So, of course, right now they're talking about Oregon, but many in Idaho. They say the city of Star declared itself a Second Amendment sanctuary in July 2020, followed by Eagle in September 2020 and Cascade and St. Anthony in October 2020. Nampa added its name to the list at the end of the year and Kuna and Hagerman began 2021. With the same declarations, there are currently more than a dozen Second Amendment sanctuary cities and counties in Idaho. The Second Amendment sanctuary movement gained momentum in 2018 when the threat of stricter gun laws was being considered in the wake of several mass shootings across the country. Last fall, about 400 locations in 20 states consider themselves Second Amendment sanctuaries. In 2021, there are about 1,200. I highlight this just to show that Idaho aligns with rural Oregon more Then Oregon aligns with itself. Portland is a disaster area. Federal attorneys are dropping the charges on violent rioters. Why would anyone want to be a part of that? Now, of course, there are many other states that have similar problems. And many of these red counties in these blue states aren't passing measures like this, but maybe they should. Maybe they should. Illinois, for instance. Is it a blue state? No. It's got a blue city and it's a massively red state. You see, the blue cities are the most popular, uh, are the most populated. So you can argue it is a blue state, but everybody just lives in one dense area. When you look at the United States, there are no fully blue states. There are blue cities that are extremely dense. Yes, I understand there's lots of people in those cities, but they don't understand how people in rural areas live and they don't care for the rights of people in rural areas. Think- you've got to be a special kind of daft. To be living in Chicago in a massively dense area saying, we can't have guns, there's too many people. Ah, yes, and people in rural West Virginia also shouldn't be allowed to have guns. Think outside of your own existence. Have some empathy for once. A dude who lives in the mountains with feral hogs running around probably wants to defend himself. More importantly, the Constitution isn't about hunting, so people have a right to keep and bear arms. And just because you live in a city and you're scared doesn't mean you get to take away the rights of other people. But here we go. It's basically what's been happening. Check out this out of Michigan. This one's funny. They say, the co-chair of the Michigan Republican Party, Marshawn Maddock, raised some eyebrows recently after suggesting that Michigan should secede from the union to get away from Governor Gretchen Whitmer. I think this one's a bit more tongue in cheek because it makes literally no sense. She's the governor of Michigan. If Michigan seceded, she's still the governor of Michigan. Maybe some counties could secede. Maddox announced her intentions in a Facebook post with an attached photo showing her meeting with Brexit leader Nigel Farage. In the post, Maddox called the proposed secession as my exit, saying that Americans tried it once before referring to the Civil War. Michigan Democratic Party chair LaVora Barnes called the statements unhinged, saying they embolden extremists like the one who attacked the Capitol and planned to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. Michigan Republicans aren't the only ones calling for secession. Texas State Representative Kyle Biderman Floated a Texit bill, but the plan died without a hearing. Well, here we go, baby. They're trying to bring it back. Let me just stress again, seceding from the union to get away from your own governor makes little to no sense. So that one was maybe a joke. Maybe the media shouldn't look too hard into that. But over at Dallas News, they say the Texas nationalist movement, President Daniel Miller called on Governor Greg Abbott on Tuesday to include in a special session a proposal to let Texans vote on whether the state should leave the United States and become an independent republic, the news conference by supporters included Republican reps Kyle Biderman of Fredericksburg, who filed the bill for what is known as Texit, Jeff Kaysen of Bedford, and Brian Slaton of Roy's City. Kaysen and Slaton are co-authors. The bill failed to receive a hearing in the House Committee on State Affairs and appears dead unless it is tacked unless it is tacked on to another proposal. In response, the Texas Nationalist Movement, a group that has pushed for over a decade for a vote on Texas becoming an independent nation, and its supporters held the presser to kick off 15 plus hours of virtual testimony, according to Miller. I'll just say this. As many people keep moving to Texas for a variety of reasons, how hilarious would it be if every single disaffected liberal, moderate, and conservative moved to Texas and then once they were actual re- actually residents, what if all of these people voted for a secession? It would be really funny, wouldn't it? Yeah, it probably would never happen, though. I mean, maybe that's a bit pessimistic. Of course, we've seen stranger things. They say, "Chairman uh, quote, Chairman, uh, uh, Chairman Patty R. of Marshall has ignored the pleas of Texans who have done all but begged for this bill to be heard. He has not scheduled it for a hearing, effectively killing it this session. The only reason to not give this legislation a public hearing is to perpetuate the lie that Texit supporters are old, white, and uneducated, added Miller. In short, the political establishment doesn't want the world to see the true face of Texit. I agree. The elites will never just hand you your rights. It's never going to be the case. You'll learn it from the leftists from Black Lives Matter and Antifa. They will tell you they're never just going to let you do what you want. Voting is not going to get you there. Now, societal enforcement actually might, and it'll take time. So what I should say is, in the, in the immediate, these votes probably won't do anything. Overtime sustained pressure probably will. That's why I say it can't happen here. I'm not trying to be overly pessimistic saying there's nothing you can do. What I'm trying to say is, voting isn't it. You know it is. I don't know, uh, strikes, going, going on strike, uh, protests. Obviously, the left has shown that these things work. If you don't get active, no one takes you seriously. Asked why Patty didn't give the bill a hearing, Biderman pointed the numerous hot button issues being addressed this session and blamed the media and other lawmakers for labeling it a secession bill. Biderman said this is not a bill for secession, but rather is meant to bring about a dialogue. Kaysen called the proposal a starting point and echoed Biderman's sentiment, saying, being allowed to have a dialogue about this referendum doesn't mean we're leaving the union. Kaysen added, We shouldn't be afraid to start this dialogue. When asked directly if he personally favors secession, Biderman said he favors the discussion and giving a vote to the people in order to give the state the leverage so that we can bring our country back to what it should be through our Constitution. Biderman filed the bill in January, weeks after he was spotted with pro-Trump crowd during the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. Now, I don't know if he was actually in the Capitol. The media loves to obfuscate uh, and confuse because there was a rally. And there was a riot. All right. Biderman told Dallas-Fort Worth Talk radio host Chris Salcido on January 7th, one day after the insurrection, the insurrection, that a few radicals cause trouble, blah, blah, blah. We get it. They say the bill has received pushback from both sides of the aisle. In January, Rep. Jeff Leach, R. Plano, called it anti-American and a waste of time. Pretty sure it's very, very, very pro-American to say if the government doesn't represent us, we, uh, uh, we've ever, we want a redress of grievances. Yeah, what they're denying, they're denying it is more British than anything. They say last month, Senator Louis Kolkhorst said people's voices need to be heard and that this would not be a discussion if states' rights weren't being stripped away. My gosh, we're having to have this discussion. And that's what should scare us, that we really have to have this discussion. He's, he's, uh, uh, she's, she's right, is it? Lois, sorry, Lois. Her spokesperson did not respond to a request for comment on whether she, she would support the bill or vote for Texas to secede. They're jumping the gun. They, they, apparently, it's not a secession bill. It's to like open up a debate on secession or something like that. So now, why would people be so adamant? The next story I'm going to show you, probably going to shock you. I don't want to lead with it because it's more of the same, but it'll show you exactly why many people are fed up with the federal government. I give you from the Daily Mail, video shows Biden administration secretly flying migrant children into Tennessee. While Republican rep urges Congress to pull Kamala's travel funds until she visits the border, Tennessee lawmakers are accusing President Joe Biden's administration of secretly flying migrant children into their state without consulting them. Several videos obtained by WRCB TV Channel 3 show a handful of planes carrying minor migrants arriving at Chattanooga's Wilson Air Center during overnight hours. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn said in a statement that the transportation of migrants there is taking place in the dead of night without the knowledge or permission of the communities involved. That's amazing, isn't it? The Biden administration and the federal government are subverting your rights to self-determination and are not representing you. This is insane. The crisis is so bad on the border that Joe Biden is bringing these migrants in secret To states that don't know about it because they cannot deal with the problem. To put it mildly, they're taking the people of Tennessee and they're shuffling the problem under your rug. So it's no surprise. People are starting to get really, really angry. You can't do this to people, but they're doing it. A source with direct knowledge of the operation revealed somewhere up to 50 minors are transported at a time, some to reunite with family members in other states and others to be relocated to group homes. The individual revealed that while the operation started in Dallas, it moved to small airports recently to avoid attention. CBP encountered 170,000 migrants in April, a 90% increase from April 2020 and a slight uptick from the March 2020 recording record-setting numbers. Here we go, baby. This is the kind of stuff that results in armed insurrection, the subversion of local government and communities by the federal government. These people are not citizens. They're being bused in, flown in. Now, I don't want these kids to suffer, but can we really just have this massive influx at a time when our economy is on fire? It sounds to me like Joe Biden and the Democrats are trying to burn this country to the ground. They're, give, they're extending the unemployment benefits at a time when people aren't working They're talking about expanding tax credits to people. Once again, flooding the zone with more money. I know it's a tax credit, not a stimulus, but it will still result in more people saying I've got a bunch of money and don't need to work. The unemployment being the principal problem. And now they're bringing in migrant after migrant. The economy is already busted, man. What are you doing? You want to flood the market with more supply of workers? Okay. well, I'll tell you this. Maybe it makes some amount of sense. At least that these new workers want to work. But what happens when they're given benefits and they're not working? Now the whole thing is just on fire. I want to show you this article from The Washington Post. Why Republican opposition to a January 6th commission could be a blessing in disguise from Max Boot. This should show you that there is no reconciliation. I'm sorry. I'd like to think there is, but it feels like there really isn't. The, the world view of the left is so at odds with the world view of the right that there is no mending this divide. Of course, the right is closer to reality. The left will tell you that's not true. They're closer to reality. But you take a look at the country on fire and how they're all cheering for Biden, and you have to wonder how, how these people are insane. They said the same thing about Trump. And so what's important is, first and foremost, you may be right. Your politics may be correct, but does it really matter? The other side is diametrically opposed to what you believe and what you see. And there's no arguing with them. They'll never believe you. And if you're a leftist listening to me talk saying Tim's crazy for believing these things, Trump is crazy. Well, then you and I completely disagree. And it's untenable, isn't it? So why don't you go become the United United States of Canada and the rest of the country can become Jesus land and there's your peaceful divorce, as so the meme says. This is where we're at. The Washington Post, Max Boot writes, another week, another milestone in the GOP's transformation into an authoritarian party, an American version of Poland's law and justice, Hungary's Fidesz or Turkey's justice and department. Max Boot is a lunatic. For over a year, cities were being destroyed Buildings were being burnt to the ground for a decade. I've witnessed these protests escalate and not once has have people like him come out and called for a commission to stop it because he is not well. These people live in a paranoid bubble universe, just like the QAnon people. The problem? They have institutional power and they use it for psychotic reasons. Donald Trump was far from perfect and Far from stable. Stable enough, but uh, Ron DeSantis, I think, is a bit better. Still, many people understood that he represented a Molotov cocktail being thrown into a system of psychotic duplicitous elites who are stripping away the uh, the, 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 the value from the working class, the wealth from the working class, and then exploiting the system and watching it burn to the ground. A system that we cannot maintain. We cannot keep living this way. And still, people like Max Boot, He's probably never done any original research. Otherwise, you would know that the media's been lying the whole time. Why? I've watched the source material. The Covington kids is a perfect example. Some kid minding his own business on the stair gets someone gets in his face, and and people at the Washington Post demonized those kids. And he calls the GOP authoritarian. The GOP can't do anything. They're they're pathetic. Donald Trump didn't even send in the troops like Tom Cotton asked for, because the GOP is far from authoritarian. Here we go. They say last week it was the ouster of Liz Cheney. Who cares about Liz Cheney? She's a warmonger. Dick Cheney, her dad, warmonger. Oh, but it's the, it's the other Republicans saying, get out, who are the authoritarians. They go on to mention the stated reasons for the GOP opposition to the 1-6 Commission are incoherent and implausible. This will play well on Fox News, but what the right says these days simply isn't so. The bill is to establish a commission, negotiate in good faith. These people are authoritarian lunatics. Fortunately for them, they have morons marching in lockstep behind them. Antifa activists and hackers who once challenged the federal government, now celebrating the FBI and law enforcement going after people like Rudy Giuliani. I'm not a big fan of Rudy Giuliani either because he's part of the establishment too. But the system eating itself? Okay, sure, fine. But these people genuinely cheering for the FBI, the greatest de-radicalization in history, leftists supporting the federal government. That's amazing, isn't it? And that's what people like Max Boot and the establishment have. They're authoritarians. They plant evidence. They're crooked. They're corrupt. They want to watch cities suffer and and they get what they want. And the left, supposedly anti-fascist, siding with the political establishment and their allies massive multinational billion-dollar corporations. That sounds more like fascism than anything to me. Oh, I'm sorry. They're progressives, though. Fascists have to be traditionalists. Donald Trump is just chaos. He was just a Molotov cocktail thrown into the system, and it was better than what we get now. So where do we go from here? Perhaps if we sit back and do nothing, chaos ensues and everything falls apart. Perhaps the people of the greater Idaho movement are doing everything in their power to prevent that By saying, we don't want to leave the United States. We just want to have better representation so people can live the way they want to. But what would really happen from this? The states would become redder and bluer. And then eventually it would just break apart. And that feels like we are on track for everything breaking apart. If it happens peacefully, it's a good thing. But I'm entirely convinced it will because people want stuff. They want stuff. People in big cities want your labor to support them they get food from you. And then they say, oh, but the government subsidizes the farmers. Sure. Subsidized by the labor of what? People writing junk articles and listicles for BuzzFeed? Yes. These big cities are insane. I know there's more in the cities than just writing for BuzzFeed, but a lot of it is just unnecessary and it's destructive. The costs are too high and they, and for some reason, they're the ones deserving of more money than you living out in the country, actually taking care of the environment and farming. The people in the city who are burning the system to the ground, the Democrats, they're the ones who are the good guys. The bourgeois, highest salary earners in the country want the working class to pay their debts off, demanding that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren forgive $50,000 of student loan debt, which means it is a hidden tax on the working class. These people aren't working class. They're They're the bourgeoisie, highest income earners in the country with their college degrees, and they want you to pay their bills for them. Yeah, that's how you end up with workers actually revolting and uniting and uh, calling for your institutions to be shut down. It's funny. Think about these woke leftists demanding socialism. What industry do they represent? Steel mills? Huh? Quarries? Labor? Like general plumbing and trades? No. They represent unemployment from getting a a feminist dance degree. You you, You keep taking, you get more of this. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Are you a jellyfish? Perhaps a starfish? Maybe even a terrestrial snail? An individual with no spine whatsoever? Then perhaps running as a Republican politician would be the right move for you. Today, we have 35 spineless jellyfish or perhaps terrestrial snails of a politician in the Republican Party who have voted in favor of a January 6th commission because the Republican Party is a trash party. I tweeted about this and I got a response that no, 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 it's not that Republicans are losers. It's that the GOP attracts losers. And I thought about it and I was like, you know, if you're an individual who thinks you should lie, cheat and steal to get political power. Well, today, the Democrat Party is the party for you. Now, fortunately for those in the Democratic Party, there, there, there is a spine required in being a uh, duplicitous, thieving, conniving, bad person. How about that? At least they have the guts to publicly call for defending violent riots. At least they have the guts to lie to the face of Americans, Republicans, for the most part, few exceptions, sit back and let it all happen. While the Democrats say, I'd like to burn this country to the ground. The Republicans are going, no way. Don't. OK, there's a few people I'll give a shout out to. Obviously, Rand Paul. I'm always shouting that guy out because he's a fighter. And you've got uh, Thomas Massey. He's pretty cool. Josh Hawley's a you know, good. Ted Cruz. He's all right. And everybody really likes Marjorie Taylor Greene because she's a fighter. And for that, I I absolutely respect that she has. She probably has two spines, to be honest, because she's got so much spine. She's willing to call out the establishment, the Republicans, the Democrats. Unfortunately, you got too many Republicans that just sit on their hands and do nothing as everything burns to the ground. And I mean that uh, somewhat literally. We're going to get a January 6th commission, a big, stupid waste of our time, something I don't care about. January 6th was not the apocalypse. It was not an insurrection. It was a violent riot in some parts, and it was peaceful in other parts. Many of the people who showed up were doting about confused. The police were fanning them in. And in other parts, they were brutally beating cops. So they're sure, sure it's bad. But we're now going on almost four. We're at four and a half months after this. And I'm like, okay. Now they want to do a commission. Why? Because the Democrats just don't stop. They keep beating you over the head over and over again. They won't shut the up. And Republicans just sit there going, oh, I'm sorry. Tell them to cram it. I watched a video from what what is this Ohio guy, Tim Ryan. Wow, he's had enough. The video gets viewed 3 million times. Shut your stupid, pathetic mouth, Tim Ryan. You're a moron. You know, I I, I sit through a year of of, in 36 cities, fires and beatings and riots, and your spineless jellyfish face doesn't say anything. And Kamala Harris bails these people out, soliciting donations for them. Joe Biden's staff does it. And what do we get? Well, my friends, I guess the, the, the big problem we have is very few people of principle exist. You know, look at journalism. I say one of the biggest problems we have is that no one has scruples anymore. You know, it used to be that you would do something wrong and you would worry. Did I make a mistake? Not anymore. That's not how journalism works these days. Now they just make a mistake. And then when someone says, can you correct this? They go, shut your mouth, you pathetic pleb, as if the poors can tell me how to change my article when I'm wrong. Well, thank God for people like James O'Keefe who's filing lawsuit after lawsuit because that guy's got like 12 spines and he's going to war against the machine. James O'Keefe probably should run for office because we need somebody who's actually going to stand up. And I know a lot of people said the same thing about me, but I'm not, I'm not, uh, maybe the problem is the system itself because while James O'Keefe probably would win on our Republican ticket, I certainly wouldn't win on any ticket. So I'm like, what's the point? This is the problem with tribalism. You know, you, you've got hardcore Republicans who they, they would rather support a spineless jellyfish or terrestrial snail who's a Republican with Republican bona fides before they would support someone like me who's more moderate and maybe rightly so, I suppose, because that's kind of the point. They don't want to give in on certain ideas they don't agree with. But then you end up with this. Now we get to deal with more stupid cockamamie BS. It's going to be months They're going to be bringing people in testifying. This is the worst attack we've ever seen. Shut up, you losers. I'm so I'm so sick of all of this stuff. And I am just mostly sick of the Republican Party. You know why? Oh, I can be mad. I can I can lay fault at the feet of the Democrats for being duplicitous scumbags. But special shout out to Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. I mean, yeah, Those people certainly take the cake as well. I can look at AOC driving around in her Tesla, $60,000 car, parking it illegally in front of a Whole Foods. Great. Of the people, for the people, right? She doesn't know anything about, most of these people just offer up empty platitudes, no real solutions, and they manipulate, and stupid people vote for it. Well, people are allowed to be stupid. Makes it a big challenge when you want to win these elections. But here's the thing. I can lay the fault at the feet of the Democrats for only so long. Because now I look at Republicans and I say, okay, guys, okay, you've seen what they're doing. You've seen what they will do. You see the fires and the destruction. What have you got for me? "Uh, I'd like to side with the Democrats on this one, actually. Okay. So who's stupid enough to vote for these people? That's the problem, man makes me awfully pessimistic. And I have to wonder if a lot of other people are, have just gone full pessimist, full pessimist as well. I mean, think about it. Imagine you're somebody who's fighting every day and you're speaking out and you're watching this stuff. and You're saying it must stop. And you make a bunch of money. And then eventually you're like, I can't do anything. So eh, might as well join the evil people and just give up. I'm sure a lot of people do that. Now, fortunately for me, I have scruples. When, when I make a mistake and people email me like, yo, you made a mistake. I'm like, oh man, did I? And then like I go in and I'm like meticulously, I got to make sure I, I fix this. And I'll put corrections. I'll be like, there's even times where I'll do, I'll make a video and then I'll stop and think, was my point clear enough? Or did it sound too much like I said this? I'll put a clarification in just in case. I got no problem being wrong. I'm wrong all the time. But you look at the news media, they will absolutely lie, cheat and steal for power. And that's why they fit in so well with Democrats. And that's the problem we have in this country. It used to be, or maybe it didn't used to be, but maybe we think it used to be that people would be like, I'm worried about offending the sensibilities of my fellow countrymen. Today, they don't care at all. AOC does not care. She would burn the whole place to the ground if it got her more money. And you think it's not about money, money and power. Fine. Maybe it's not Money, but it's certainly power. That's why AOC says garbled nonsense and the Green New Deal is just woke garbage. This is what we get. Axios reports The House of Representatives voted 252 to 175 on Wednesday to pass a bill to set up a bipartisan 9 11 style commission to investigate the deadly January 6th Capitol riots. Deadly. Sure. The only people that actually died from the riot were rioters. One woman got shot. Why it matters. Minority leader Kevin McCarthy and GOP leadership opposed the commission. Great. But 35 House Republicans voted in support of the bill, underscoring the fault lines within the party in the aftermath of the insurrection. I love how Tim Ryan, when he's ranting about this in this viral video. He's like, you, you chased the Secretary of State around for, you know, for a year or whatever and you can't even get a bipartisan. Are these the same people? How many people retired, you idiots? God, people are so stupid. They're like, the Republican Party did this. The Republican Party is different today than it was four years ago. Tons of these people retired. I get it. You got McConnell. You got Lindsey Graham. You got a bunch of feckless losers, terrestrial snails. Well, to Mitch McConnell's uh, uh, defense, he is a turtle and turtles have spines, but uh, they're rather slow and ineffective when it comes to a battle, right? So there, there you go. The Republican Party's is at the same thing it, it, it was. And they and they attack people like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Listen, these Democrats are not playing with reality. Oh, they'll tell you you're not playing with reality. Now, of course, there are certainly Trump supporters not playing with reality. The, the Q stuff was just off the rails. It's really frustrating hearing like today's the day and then nothing happens and tomorrow's the day and then nothing happens. And it will next week and then nothing happens. Like, dude, at a certain point, just stop, sit back and wait and see what happens. So you get crazes across the board. But the Q people have no institutional power. The Russiagate lunatics are in the Democratic Party and the Republicans don't do anything. In fact, Republicans were actually de- defending the, uh, the Democrats in 2016 against Donald. I'm, I'm sorry, 2017 in the Russiagate stupidity. This is what happens. A Democrat walks up and goes, I believe insane garbled nonsense that the media lied about. And I demand this. And then you get a Republican who's like, well, to be fair, let's go ahead and give them what they want. And then we all just sit back and everything's on fire. That's what you get with the Republican Party. And people are like, we're going to keep voting for the Republicans. Oh, huh? Okay, so so shout out, right? Obviously, there are a few, but I just don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if I care to vote for any of these people. I certainly want the system to be fixed. I don't want these, these, this is, this is, let me just clarify real quick. January 6th was not the apocalypse, all right? I I know I said that that a moment ago, not the apocalypse. Can we just move on with our lives? You see, they, they complain about the Q people not moving on, but the Q people aren't in Congress right now demanding a commission. Oh, sure. There's people in Maricopa County doing an audit, but that's an audit. I don't care. So let them do it. Now, the Democrats at the federal level want to do a commission on a one time. They won't let it go. So it's it's disproportionate. All right. If you want to complain about the audits that are happening, sure, whatever. If you want to complain about January 6th, fine. But is this it? Is this where we are? all trapped permanently by these morons in in January 6th? We can never leave. The media wants this because they need ratings. They need shock content. And with Trump gone, this is the best they could muster up. And Republicans being, for the most part, spineless losers, save for like 10 of them, just go along with it. Great. Now, it really wouldn't have mattered anyway because the Democrats control the House. So they mentioned it was 35 Republicans who voted in support of the bill. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has promised the bill will get a vote, but it's still unclear how many Republicans will get on board. Maybe Manchin will say F off. Yeah, we'll see. Or okay, 10 GOP senators are needed for the proposal to pass. At the very least, we have that, I guess. And that's played up as the excuse to support the Republicans. You know, I had Sean Parnell on the Tim Castaro podcast the other night. Great dude. You know, glad to have him on the show. Interesting talk about And I hope he's running for the Senate in Pennsylvania. And we did make the point that if the Democrats get in, they'll burn it to the ground even more. But I was still mad. And I'm like, so what? So we vote for Republicans so they can just be a speed bump? Is that it? Yes. Yes. That's the Republican Party slogan, a speed bump for Democrats. We slow them down a little bit, but then give in and give them whatever they want. Did you know fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? That's why people voted for Donald Trump. Donald Trump was a human Molotov cocktail smashing into the system. You need to vote out. Go in the primaries. This is what every single one of you needs to do. Democrat and Republican alike. Go into your primaries and get rid of these people. Vote for someone else. Sean Parnell is going to be running in the Republican primary in Pennsylvania. Vote for him. Get rid of these establishment neocon, just pro-war garbage Democrats. They're, these, these 35 people, they're clearly Democrats. Kinzinger is clearly a Democrat. The guy is not a Republican. Come on. These, you know, it's, it's really funny how easy it is to pull the wool over, the, over a Republican voters' eyes. Do you hear about the trans Satanist anarchist who won the prime, Republican primary? It was up, up in New Hampshire, I think, because the Republicans walked in and went, I'll, vote, I'll just press the R button over and over again. Congratulations. You have no idea who you're voting for. And you vote for morons like McConnell and Lindsey Graham. And you get people like Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. Maybe the tides will turn, you know, after Trump. It's it's it, the GOP is expected to win big in 2022, and okay, do I care? What oh oh, oh so so who who's my choice? We get we we, we get uh, um bandit, Democrat, thief, liar, who is wielding a torch, flaming arrows, and has a has a bloody grin, ready to just burn everything to the ground, and then you have a, a hunch a hunchback little uh, you know. Republican being, please don't do it. Is that what I'm supposed to vote for? It feels like a big waste of my time. Now, I guess you could always go in the primaries, and that's where you might find someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Though I certainly don't agree with a lot of the things she has posted. She apologized for him, so I'll respect that. I can certainly respect that she is walking and wielding multiple spines. She slams the commission in the Capitol right as a ruse to smear Trump. Republicans turn on 35 House GOP rebels who voted for Democrats bill that is unlikely to pass the Senate. You ever see that movie? This is the end. It's hilarious. It's got a bunch of dumb people in it because like they they, they they post really dumb things like, you know, Seth Rogen, for instance. But it was really funny when um, what's that guy's name? Uh, Who's the guy? You, 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 I don't know. Whatever. I can't remember any other names. Danny. Ma- no, no, no. <laughs> Danny McBride. And he's got uh that, uh, you know, dude actor as his gimp or whatever. That's, that's, that's how I imagine these Republicans. They're just like, Democrats, we're scared. What should we do? And The Democrats are like, shut your mouth and drop to your knees. And they're like, yes, okay. And then you have a bunch of other Republicans who are sitting there going, oh no, what do I do? I want to give the Democrats whatever they want, but then people won't vote for me. Ugh. Marjorie Taylor Greene doesn't do that. Donald Trump didn't do that. That's why people liked him. So what this is what we have to look forward to? A bunch of people waking up to the lies of the system and the media and not in the crazy way believing in like, you know, flat earth or whatever. I mean like people genuinely being like, "Hey, the media's lying to me." And more and more people every single day realizing it. And then who do we get to vote for? Because Republicans going to Republican Republican voters, most of them, yeah, yeah, most of them are probably just going to slap the R and not even know who they're voting for. Democrats will just slap the D and not who, know who they're voting for. But the people they vote for are ravenous lunatics. They want to burn it to the ground. They want you dead. They want you out. They want you gone. They, want, they, they support the violence. I know maybe it's hyperbolic to say they want you dead. But look at what happened the past year. 30, 30 plus people died in periphery to the riots around, I believe, a, a dozen or two directly from the riots. Or maybe it was like 19. They burned down a pawn shop and a body was found in the rubble. A police officer, a retired police captain, was was responding to an alarm at his friend's pawn shop and took a bullet to the chest. The man named Aaron Danielson was gunned down by a man with the Black Lives Matter communism red salute tattoo. Did we get a commission? No, we were told by the FBI that white supremacy is the biggest threat to this country. And do we have anyone doing anything about it? Small handful of people. Are they doing enough? Probably not. And then you got a lot of dumb people who don't know what to do and do dumb things, which is how you get January 6th. And therein lies the problem. Republican leadership is an oxymoron. Democrat leadership, not so much because they're more of an amorphous blob of chaos, like like fire. So it's not required that they have a leader when they're just burning and burning and expanding. Republicans need leadership of which they have none. And let's be real. Donald Trump was far from a good leader. He was a fighter. People wanted him for that. And he was considered to be like the leader of the Republican Party because people got behind him. But he was unfortunately ineffective. He didn't have enough tact to actually deal with the media and these problems. And he tried playing into it too much. And don't give me that excuse where it's like, but the media was lying all the time. Yet, no, duh, they lie all the time. Learn how to play the game properly Donald Trump didn't really do that, but he fought. And that's better than nothing. And then, he, he, you know, Trump policies were all right. I thought it was worth voting for. We don't have fighters defending this nation anymore. We have extractors. We have two political parties that are just extracting everything. We have a wealthy elite class that is extracting your savings and your worth. They print money to steal from you and then buy hard assets and watch you burn to the ground. There is not going to be prosperity uh, moving forward in the future. I mean, we're a wealthy nation for sure. But when you're a nation of self-interested and uh, liars and spineless jellyfish, then you need to start taking care of yourself, building culture and community in your local areas. You need to start setting up meetings and, round- and gathering up people to get involved in local affairs And from the ground up, build a grassroots movement and ignore the stupid game. What did I see today? I can't remember exactly what I was looking at, but it was like, oh, yeah, lab leak. Yeah, the lab leak hypothesis. Conservatives uh, and I, people like me, were talking about this last year like, oh, it's interesting. And the media and the Democrats said it was a crazy conspiracy theory. And conservatives are like, okay. now that they're finally starting to entertain in the mainstream media, conservatives are like, see, see, we told you they don't care. They're not playing the game with you. Imagine being so stupid to sit down to a game of Monopoly where the other player is like constantly stealing money from the bank. And you're like, hey, I saw you steal money. And they're like, so? And you go, okay. I'd be like, I ain't going to play the game anymore, dude. You want to you, you do that? I'm done. Put it back or I quit. You can't quit. You have to. No, I can't quit. I'll go do something else. That's what people need to do. Something else. What I mean by that is make shows Set up community meetings, go to open mic night, hold political events in your areas, get to the local issues and say, I'm not going to pay attention to these losers anymore. Stop voting for these spineless Republicans. Each and every one of these 35 House GOP members needs to have a protest right now in their area, calling them terrestrial snails. You're here on the ground, but I don't see a spine. And vote them out. It's unfortunate for us, there's too many people who just don't care. And that makes it hard to care. It makes it hard. It's it's like, you know, Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the hill. The only problem is we're slowly being pushed down the hill. And you got all these people sitting around picking their nose, and you're like, bro, help me. This is gonna fall. It's gonna slam into the dam and flood the town. And they're like, I don't know, I don't want to. And the Democrats are like, We should, we should push from the other side. Like, no, no. Well, you know we'll get paid a lot of money by the enemies of, of our country. And the Republicans are sitting there and there's like, a, there's like 10 of them like, I'll help. It's Like 10. And the rest of them are just like picking their nose. And the 35 of them are like, oh, I'm gonna go push you down the hill. It's like, okay, fine. At a certain point, you just want to give up and say, let the boulder crash into the dam and flood the town because I cannot keep pushing this boulder by myself. I'm sure that's how Donald Trump felt. And then he didn't get any support. Even Mike Pence wouldn't support him. That guy was also spineless. Nobody, nobody wants to confront the problem because they're scared and self-interested. Imagine what the founding fathers would think if they saw where we were today. Man, they were legit. They were serious. Well, countries only last for so long. We'll see what happens to this one. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and i'll see you all then. Racist Chicago mayor Lori Lightfoot has announced only reporters of color for interviews ahead of 2-year anniversary, sparking debate over media diversity and access. Debate with who? She's racist. She is barring white reporters from doing interviews. She is helping to set back race relations in this country decades. And I'll say The left in this country is doing everything in their power to set race relations back like 100 years. And I'm not just saying that. There's actually a story I have from the AP about a high school student who was arrested for posting racist comments about another student, and he was arrested based on a law from 1917. Okay, you know, the racism is a bad thing. I don't care if it's a high school student being racist about a black student or a mayor barring white people. We're supposed to be the great American melting pot, but it's coming from the left. Now, to be fair, this was a racist high school student, but now they're setting back freedom of speech. And I I thought about it when I saw that story. When I saw this story about Lori Lightfoot and this kid who got arrested, there was a time when white politicians wouldn't take interviews from black individuals, wouldn't even allow them in the same rooms or to use the same facilities. And that is a horrifying relic of the past because, well, civil rights won out. We got rid of segregation. Things kind of got better. And maybe that's it. The pendulum swings. There was a brief moment, a golden age, where we actually had laws to abide by that prohibited discrimination. And boy, were they good times. Now, seems like anti-discrimination laws don't matter at all because it really comes down to social enforcement. Why in 1917, when it was illegal to do to say these things or whatever, I don't know in what to what capacity the law was operating, because certainly they were much more racist towards black people back then. When at that time, when you had a first amendment right to speak and they would still pass these laws in 1986, when you couldn't get a concealed carry permit and we had a second amendment, it does seem like we've been improving a lot of these things. But I suppose the golden age can only last so long. And now we're falling back into puritanism and moral authoritarianism, it's about societal enforcement. That's cancel culture. One of the reasons we're so opposed to cancel culture, at least the classically liberal types, is that we believe in individuals' right to associate and have different ideas and to challenge those ideas. But once you start getting back into the moral authoritarianism, the society itself becomes Well, it it throws those rights away while still purporting to have them. They must fall in line with the larger portion of society. And then social enforcement dictates. Take a look at the Chauvin trial, for instance. Chauvin's going to prison not for committing a crime, but because rioters said so. And that's it. You think speed bump Republicans are going to change that? No. There is no penalty from the far left from violating the law and being racist and, 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 and denying people due process. There is nothing, no penalty whatsoever. So the Republicans can say, don't do that. And they'll say, what are you going to do about it? Then the left says, don't do that. And they say, what are you going to do about it? They say, they'll burn your house down. And they go, good point. Whatever you want, sir. And that's where we are today. The Tribune reports, Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Wednesday, defended her decision to grant interviews on her two-year anniversary in office only to journalists of color, saying it was intended as an effort to confront the issues of what she described as mostly white and male City Hall press corps. Could it be that most of the country is white? Not male, it's mostly female. But could it just be that there's a lot of people working that are white and male and women do other jobs? Apparently, they don't realize that. The move revealed Tuesday by her office was greeted skeptically by some in the Chicago media and beyond with questions about whether excluding white reporters is a discriminatory act from a mayor who has had an often contentious relationship with reporters of all backgrounds. Lightfoot emailed a two-page letter to Chicago journalists on Wednesday saying her choice was a continuation of her campaign's promise to break up the status quo. No, it's to be an unrepentant racist. Lightfoot, uh, uh. Quote, I have been struck since my first day on the campaign trail back in 2018 by the overwhelming whiteness and maleness of Chicago media outlets, editorial boards, the political press corps, and yes, the City Hall press corps specifically, Lightfoot wrote. She wrote that there are no women of color assigned to the City Hall beat, saying, I find this unacceptable, and I hope you do too. I don't. If they don't choose to do it, they can do whatever they want. If someone's racist against them or sexist against them, then I do oppose that. But that's a question we don't have the answer to. WBEZ disputed the mayor's observation in a Wednesday story, noting that two of its three city hall reporters are women, one Hispanic and the other South Asian. You see, Lori Lightfoot is just a racist. Interviews to mark Lightfoot's two years in office were set for this week and come as she faces mounting problems over crime, policing, turnover in her office and ongoing battles with Chicago's teachers union. The Tribune declined to participate in an interview with Lightfoot to object to the restrictions. Well, good for them. Charles Whitaker, dean at the Metal School of Journalism at Northwestern University, said journalists of color trying to break into the political press corps have faced barriers for decades. But while he applauded Lightfoot's motivation— he said the one-time interview restrictions felt more like a stunt and don't address the root of an age-old problem. Quote, I don't necessarily know that, that it is the best way. We would, we would never, ever in a million years, allow that of a white politician. And so it's dangerous now to say that we're going to allow that of a black politician simply to make a point about the historic inequities in media. Inequities. I love how they use that equity. Everyone's like, it's a financial term as, as if we're talking about money. Yes, we're talking about power. Now, this woman's a racist, and I can already hear the left chiming in, the woke left screaming, she can't be racist. She's a black woman. Anyone can be racist. Anyone. Now, they want to change the definition and say that black people can't be racist because it's prejudice plus power. Shut up. I don't care what you think. You're duplicitous, and your definitions mean nothing to me. When I say racist, I mean something. And if you don't care for that word, then go speak a different language to someone else. What I'm talking about is a person who discriminates against other people, either positively or negatively, on the basis of race. Someone who holds prejudicial views on the basis of race, like this woman does. Call it whatever you want. I call it racism. If the woke left wants to change the definition of the word, by all means, they can call it whatever they want. It's not going to change my use of the word, and they can argue it all they want. And that's what they've been trying to do to allow them to be racist and violate the law, the 1964 Civil Rights Act. But it's not racism because we said so. They're smart. I mean, not all of them, a lot of ignorant people. But they learned that you don't need to change the law if you can change language. Take a look at the Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary for a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. What does well-regulated mean? Well, over time, regulated has turned into the government controls it. But that makes no sense in the context of the Constitution, which was constraints on the government. They know. Over time, change the definition of a word and you change the law. How can they repeal the 1964 Civil Rights Act? They need to change definitions. You cannot discriminate on the basis of race or gender. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Gender means something totally different now. That's right. They change the definition. Then, once enough people just believe it, the laws will mean something totally different. Now, y'all need to stop playing this game. You think you can go to these Democrats and just be like, that's not what racism is. They don't care. They watch CNN, they get their opinions from Brian Stelter, and they don't do any research. They are not discerning individuals. We got two problems when it comes to understanding what's happening in this country. The one is most people who just sit there with drool coming out of their mouths, and they just believe whatever the TV tells them, even and without doing any research, without reading anything. The other problem with people who go the complete opposite direction and read too much random garbage and then believe crazy things like the earth is flat. There's a balance. You need to be discerning. You need to understand intention. Well, stop trying to argue with racists who are lying to you to gain power. They don't actually believe what they say for the most part. They believe there is no truth but power. They say these things. They say rest in power. That is their game. And you keep playing. And I'm sitting here being like, bro, dude just took a 500 out of the bank. We're playing Monopoly. He takes 500. And you're like, well, you know, hold on. Let's see how it plays out. I'm not playing the game, dude stop playing. Just get up and walk away. Go vote for somebody else. They say the board of the National Association of Black Journalists agreed with the call for newsrooms to diversify their city hall press corps ranks, but said it cannot support the mayor's method of achieving that. NABJ's history of advocacy does not support excluding any bona fide journalists from one on one interviews with newsmakers, even if it is for one day and in support of activism. Side note, I actually got an honorable mention. I was nominated as a finalist for the National Association of Black Journalists Award. Isn't that crazy? I'm not black. Now, I did a documentary on Ferguson. They liked it. I didn't win, but I was a finalist. So that was like a great honor and I appreciate it. Tiffany Walden, editor-in-chief of the digital media outlet The Tribe, which covers Chicago's black communities, defended Lightfoot's action, saying it was a small step towards leveling the playing field after what she described as a long-standing lack of access for black and Latino journalists. A lot of people are outraged by this. But just imagine what it's like for black and brown journalists in the city to not ever have this access. This is literally a daily struggle for black and brown journalists in Chicago. And I wish that was the conversation instead of people who have access to the to the mayor every single day complaining about one day that they don't have access. Racism begets racism. You do not stop discrimination by just discriminating. You make more of it. Now, there is fighting fire with fire. That's true. It's called a controlled burn. When there's a wildfire in a, in a field, the farmer will burn a certain area so that the fire can't spread. So, okay, it exists. But in this instance, you're just making more fire. And that's the thing. Controlled burn needs to be controlled, meaning you need to know what you're doing. These people are just discriminating for the sake of discriminating and then saying, yeah, see how you like it. This is where we'll end up. Take a look at this story. The AP says the arrest of a Connecticut high school student accused of posting racist comments about a black classmate on social media is being supported by civil rights advocates. But free speech groups are calling it an unusual move by police that raises First Amendment issues. Civil rights advocates supporting someone being arrested for words? Nah, you can't call them civil rights advocates, sorry. They say a 16 year old student in a classroom at Fairfield Ward High a high school, allegedly took a photo of a black classmate and posted it on Snapchat on May 7th with a caption that included a racial slur and racist comments. The teen who made the post is white, according to the black student's mother. Police in Fairfield, Connecticut arrested the student on a state hate crime charge of ridicule on account of creed, religion, color, denomination, nationality, or race. The the misdemeanor dating back to 1917 has been called an unconstitutional infringement on free speech rights by the American Civil Liberties Union of Connecticut and some law school professors. Hey, back the blue, baby. Good job, cops. Going arresting a high school student. But I'm just doing my job, as I'm told. You're a path- you're, you're pathetic, spineless garbage. The police who actually arrested the student are losers. Sorry, I don't care. It's not about being a cop. It's about being a loser, about being a pathetic, feckless loser. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the lack of principles. These cops are the kind of people who would kick their own mother in, in, the, in the gut if it would give them an extra buck. You're a spineless piece of garbage. How about you take responsibility for your actions for once and don't arrest a kid for saying stupid things on the Internet? Now, this kid, I think, is saying stupid things on the Internet and is gross scumbag. Don't post racist trash. You're a loser, too. But you're allowed to do this. That's the Constitution. That's the First Amendment. These cops are worse than scum. Police did not identify the student who was arrested because of the juvenile uh, offender laws. They go on to mention, uh, yes, they say, well, it is common for students to be disciplined by school officials for such comments. Police and civil rights advocates said it was unusual for students to be arrested for what they say on social media. Social media, if it does not involve threats, incitement, or a pattern of harassment. Having racist ideas or sharing racist ideas is something we actually protect, said Emerson Sykes, a senior staff attorney with the ACLU's national chapter. So for all you wokies out there who for some reason are watching this, the ACLU supports racism and defends unrepentant racists. Hey, go get mad at them. Even if that viewpoint is offensive, even if it's deplorable, we don't want the government making the call about what's okay to say and think that, think, uh, say and think and what is not. But we have limitations on that, right? Sure. But we we do have limitations. Speak up, stand up for the rights, or shut up, ACLU. Sykes, however, said he believed school officials would be justified in disciplining the student because the Snapchat post interfered with the black student's right to access education. Oh, here's the ACLU coming out on the wrong side. Fairfield school officials citing student privacy rights declined to comment on whether the student was disciplined. And, but said, the student is being held accountable. <clears throat> Sorry. A student posting something dumb on Snapchat is like a TOS violation, not an arrestable offense. This is where we're going. Judith Metter, whose son Jamar was the target of the Snapchat post, said school officials told her the other student was expelled from the school. The Greater Bridgeport NAACP had called for criminal charges for the Snapchat post. It is also calling for an arrest in another incident the following day in which Jamar Meador's brother was called racist slurs in a phone call, said the Reverend D. Stanley Lord, president of the NAACP chapter. Police officials said they could not confirm details of the second incident, but are investigating a complaint involving juveniles and a possible racial slur said during a phone call. It was shocking, Lord said of the posting. We have to send a strong message that behavior like this won't be tolerated in any school system. Authoritarian scumbags. Do not get the government involved. But this is where we're going. Stop defending the police because this is what's it's going to keep happening. When Lori Lightfoot says no white reporters allowed because she's a lunatic racist. Who do you think is going to enforce that? The police. When a student says horrifying and disgusting racist things and is a piece of garbage, mind you, who do you? He, but he's allowed to say it. Who's going to be the person that comes and arrests him like they're doing now? The police stop defending them. They are doing this. These cops should be named and shamed. They're they are spineless losers. Look at this. Jamar Metter told WABC TV that he and his family are still shocked by the posting, and he had never experienced racism in school before. He said he stayed home from the school one day because he didn't feel comfortable. I just had no words when I saw it. I was so confused. Judith Metter told the AP on Wednesday, she believes the other boy should be in jail for the racist posting. She said she and her family now are concerned for their safety and are looking at changing schools for Jamar and his brother for the next school year. I'm worried. I'm still concerned because we're living in a crazy world where people do all kinds of crazy things. You don't know. And since he got expelled. So that's what I'm thinking in the back of my mind about retaliation. The racist posting comes as the U.S. Supreme Court is weighing whether public schools can discipline students for saying for saying uh, for things they say off campus on social media. The case involves a Pennsylvania high school freshman swear filled rant on Snapchat posted while she was at a convenience store over being kept on the junior varsity cheerleading squad for another year. She was suspended from the team for a year. The court previously in a landmark ruling in the Vietnam era declared that students don't shed their right to free speech when they come to school. It also held that schools retained the authority to restrict speech that would disrupt the school environment. Connecticut's hate crime law on ridiculing has been filed at least 40 times since 2012 and has resulted in about 10 convictions, according to state court records. Critics say it appears to be one of only a few such state laws in the country. A bill that would would have repealed the law died last year when the state legislature ended its session early because of the COVID pandemic. The bill was prompted by the arrest of two University of Connecticut students in 2019 on the ridicule charge of uttering a racial slur several times while walking in the parking lot of a dorm. The students entered a probation program that is expected to result in the charges being erased. David McGuire, executive editor of the ACLU of Connecticut, said he had not heard of any other cases in the state in which a public school student was arrested for a social media post. He said the hate crime law on ridiculing remains an unconstitutional restriction on free speech. Well, thank you, individual at the ACLU, for having the correct opinion in the end. Though we still heard from that one ACLU person saying, well, he did disrupt his experience. It's things like this that make me more of a free speech absolutist. Because I've long said, you know, creating a a clear and imminent threat should not be allowed. The reason for it is that assault— could include threatening someone, and that's illegal, and so that shouldn't be protected. Now, I'm, I'm moving back on that. I'm, moving, I'm becoming more of a constitutional absolutist for a lot of reasons. If we can say, well, inciting violence is illegal, therefore you can't speak these things, we can just say, well, inciting hatred is illegal, therefore you can't say these things. In which case, it should be the actions that are, that are illegal. Going and, and attacking someone, okay, that's the crime. Saying things? No, we should allow people the right to speech. They should be allowed to say things that are very horrifying, and and to to a great degree, people actually are. You're allowed to say, "I think so and so should be, you know, X or whatever," and that's actually not illegal. Twitter won't take you down for that. If you said something like, "I want someone to go and do X," well, then you're going to get in trouble. But I'm, I think the, the the crime is the action, not the the speech. And I think people should be allowed to have stupid opinions because I don't want the government coming and shutting down my opinions because they think they're stupid at some point. And a lot of my opinions are stupid, so then I'd be shut down, wouldn't I? Well, I don't want to get shut down, so i got to make sure other people are allowed to have stupid opinions too. It's just that how it works, right? Interestingly, that one opinion is actually the smart opinion in most of these things, and so, you know, you get it. When I say I have stupid opinions, what I really mean is that there's a lot of people who disagree with me. But here we go. We are entering a brave new world, my friends. Social enforcement is here. The police will be the ones carrying it out. You better pray that we abolish the police before it's too late. Because I'm warning you right now, the police will gleefully arrest you bigot because you, mispro- you, you misgendered someone. You think I'm kidding? They just arrested a high school kid for social media posts. I don't care what you think about cops. There's a lot of good cops. But it's going to be police. They'll find the cops to do it get rid of them while you still can. You can defend yourself. One day they're going to be like, you're going to be at a restaurant and someone's going to tell you their pronouns. You're going to say, I don't do that. And they're going to say, you're offending me. You're, you're bigoted. I'm going to call the police to hate crime. And the cops are going to walk in and say, look, man, we don't want Black Lives Matter throwing bricks. So we're going to arrest you and I'll punch you in the face if you resist. And then we're going to lock you up for your stupidity. It's coming. They've already arrested people in their own homes for defending themselves. You think it won't happen more? It'll happen. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.